You've got a passion for the outdoors, a desire to feel the warm sun on your face, the sound of your fly line whipping through the air, the pop of the water as the fish inhales the fly you just found in the floorboard of your truck. You need to feel the cool waters on your feet, the crisp north breeze of a November morning, the sound of a turkey gobble, the December rut, the chills of an elk bugle in September. It's the longing passion to chase your obsession. This is what we share. This is what we preach. Welcome to Honey Hole Hangout. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. We are live with Chris Fowler. Yo, yo. At the fly trap. (laughs) (laughs) Road tripping it. So we were talking about we were talking about Grant earlier. Grant did the music behind the voice. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Who, did, who did the voice? Uh, the John Deere voice actor. Nice. And the Ford voice a- voice actor. Have you ever yeah. seen a John Deere or Ford? <laughs> nice. Yeah. I recognize it, but I was like, how did they get this? <laughs> <laughs> I guess got to know the right people. Yeah. <laughs> he lives in Amarillo, man. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Randomly found him and shot him a message, and he, he was, was down. down to do it. You tell him he should move to Lubbock? For $5,000. He, <laughs> <laughs> he owns rental properties in Lubbock. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Random fact. Well, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we are going to talk with Fowler about the history of the fly trap and what he's been up to lately. But first, we have a note from one of our sponsors. From the bice to the boat to the bank to those moments you connect to a fish, Loon Outdoors is with you every step of the way, with tools designed at the bench and on the water to help make your best day on the water better. Sweet. All right. <laughs> so, that, was, that was beautiful. Dude, we've it been... It's like we, the little water trip. Yeah, I know. It, the babbling it, just close my eyes. I'm like, oh, this is great. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, we've been talking for an hour, and if you guys would have been listening to what we've been, the crap we've been saying for the last hour... We would pay for that. We would make you. Pay. We would yeah. charge you to listen. We'd have to get banned like forever. Honey hole X rated. <laughs> yeah. After hours. Yeah. Honey hole after hours. Yeah. Yeah. Into the hole. At the trap. <laughs> uh, Chris, you shared a drink with us. What is this? What did you share with us? This is pretty good. That is a peach julep. It's a new drink from Treaty Oak. Out of Dripping Springs. Is it like new? Is like we can't buy it yet, and only you have it, I'm or is it sure new no, no, that you, it's out? Yeah, it's at Specs. Yeah, you oh, okay. Can, yeah, I get it's it. at okay. Specs because I, I I looked at it this week. Yep. Yep. They've also got uh, they're in Spanky's here in Rockport. Mm. Okay. But yeah, they just hooked it up with a whole bunch of it after the party, so I've been giving it to the homies. That's great, and it's like that uh, premix, kind of like their old fashioned, right? A, yeah, it's just like the old fashioned, except it's peach julep, but it's a premix cocktail uh, poured over ice, add a little water. I you know when I was drinking I would add a little water to the old fashioned so I assume it's the same with. What's weird about this is I feel like you could warm this up and it would taste like apple cider, hmm. like peach cider. Kind so of yeah, but it's it, to me it's like it's got more of like an apple juice taste. You than think? Peach. No, I, I, I definitely taste the peach. Yeah, for me it tastes like a peach. Ring. I don't know, but and I, I don't love peach on, stuff. Like the so now guy, like the gummy peach it tastes ring? just yeah. like the gummy, like nice. yeah, like a little gummy. I've been gnawing on now guy <laughs> uh, beef jerky so. Yeah. So your taste buds are all over. Yeah, that stuff was really good. That stuff was, was good. really good. Yeah, so... Uh, Landon took that little piece. I was like, I'll eat the rest yeah. of it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you, Chef, for, for providing us some of those samples. They were delicious. Uh, Andrew sent us uh, some who's 
currently on our our uh, recent podcast. So yeah, so yeah. the Mister Juicy, the Mister Juicy, send Chef us an Andrew Wiseman. Yes. So get him my address. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want some of that. Yeah. Guy. Well, if you haven't eaten at uh, Mister Juicy Burger in uh, San Antonio, next time you're in town, yeah, we'll stop. Very good. I'm down. Yeah, let's go do like some river walk carping and get kicked out. Yeah, of yeah. yeah. Go eat a burger. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that sounds nice. I'm, that I'm down like with a that. Nice Saturday. Yeah, this is this is, dude. This is good, and you had it in the freezer. Yeah, so it was really cold when it came out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, this is this yeah, is nice. I mean, nice. you saw me pour it. It pours yeah. thick when it's it, really yeah. cold. I it was does. like, yeah. hey, you gonna put water <laughs> in syrup? It. Yeah, 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 a little, a little <laughs> splash of water. Yeah, I didn't check the proof <laughs> on it. Um, I'm gonna have to walk off, but um, regardless, it it I think it's over ninety. I think it's a ninety. Um, ninety. Yeah, yeah. trying to look at the picture here. Which for all the stuff that's in there with it, it it's man, still works. be ninety. It, it I'll does take the job. It. Yeah. It, <laughs> it is sixty proof. Oh, <laughs> maybe it's it's because it's so super it's cold. Hangover city, but it's weird because <laughs> it drinks hotter than sixty proof. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it, it does, does drink hot. I haven't even tasted it because I'm not drinking, but it smells. It's hot. Smells hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's that's what's throwing me off here. It it, it literally, I've brought some one twenties. We've had some one thirties on it, and I feel like this is just as hot as a stag. Yeah. Um. But no, this is. <clears throat> so what you're saying is you can drink more of it. I what I'm saying is so much more. It's gonna get you in trouble regardless. <laughs> yeah, I was saying yeah, it's, it's <laughs> that. It's the sweetness and that and that kick. But yeah, that was good. All right, Chris, we're gonna roll right into the questions first. Oh shit, here we go. So, <laughs> blacklisted fishing ass. Remember the time you lost a giant cobia? Pepperidge Farms remembers. <laughs> so so what happened? Um, tell walk us through the story, man. Why you got, like, right out the gate with a, a gut wrencher? <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough day. Uh, went out on a big sport fisher with some friends of mine. Um, went out talking about cobia, you know, because I had never even hooked a cobia in Texas, seen a couple, hadn't even made a cast at one with a fly rod. Got out to the very first stack, like the big pipe over there off of Poor Day, and immediately we're like, holy shit, that is a big cobia hugged up tight. And it's just circling the pipe rack that's underwater. So I'm already like, dude, if I hook that thing and it runs in the pipe rack, we are screwed. Um, So let me back up a sec. Before we get out of the jetties, we blow the right motor in this, <laughs> this big-ass <laughs> boat. So I'm already like, well, this day's done. We had, a, we had planned on doing about 300 miles that day. Blew the right motor and realized, well, we are not probably even going to cover 100 miles today. Um, so we are like, we'll just bounce around to the close rigs and hopefully find some some ling, which that pisses me off that people down here call cobia ling. They think I'm, like, weird because I call them cobia. doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> um, but they're like, maybe we'll find some, some ling around the pipe and see what we can figure out. Sure as shit, we get there. Big fish. I mean, it's as long as this coffee table. What's that? Four feet, five feet? Close to five, I'd say. Yeah. Um, Probably a 55, 60-pound fish. Just a chunker of a cobia. Yeah. So I start laying shots on it, laying shots. First first one that hits the water, the fish comes right to. I'm like, holy shit, he's going to eat it first cast. And he, like, juked it last second. I was like, oh. Well, he likes that fly, so I picked it up, put it on him, put it on him, put it on him. He dives down. Didn't see him for, like, two minutes. 
I'm already changing flies, getting ready to throw it, anything else that might yeah. be there. He pops back up. Start laying casts on him again with his second fly, uh, which was uh, just like a gray and white small bait fish, three inch with a stout hook on it. Didn't like that one. Um, changed the fly three, four times. And by that time, like the the stoke has worn off. Everyone on the boat's like, this fish ain't eating, but Fowler's not giving up. I'm like, <laughs> Dude, I'm going to hook this thing. I don't care. He's sticking around. He's going to eat something. Mind you, I'm throwing an 11 weight off the top of this sport fisher, which I'm 15 feet up in the air on the front of a sport fishing yacht where you don't fish from. <laughs> I'm trying not to step through skylights while I'm <laughs> we're rolling in two and a half, three footers. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's it's not easy fishing by any means. And I'm making these, you know, forty five degree casts of this fish at thirty feet maybe. <laughs> and I decide I'm gonna throw on this finger licking mullet, a fly from uh Chase Smith, Fish Chase Flies. And it's tail hooked. So I'm like, dude, if he even looks at this thing sideways, he's getting hooked. (laughs) And sure as shit, I throw that thing in there, and he just inhales it. And I just strip set the ever-living shit out of that thing. Yeah. I'm like, here we go. He does the typical Cobia thing, just like shaking real angrily, and then books. And he runs away from that pipe rack, which was, you know, 50-50 chance that it was going to go to shit or – he was going to get off that, that pipe rack and yep. have a chance. So he ran to open water. We backed the boat off, and I fought that thing for the better part of uh, probably about an hour. Arms are burning um, way into the backing. Got that fish back. Got him to the boat and got him leadered. And I'm on the boat with some very close friends of mine, guys I've known for 20 years. And the guy on the gaff was a very good friend of mine named Woody Westcott. Woody grabs that leader. Uh, Josiah Ching is also on the boat. I don't know if you guys know him. He's a Hawaiian uh, vet, fly fisherman, bonefish guy, legendary guy. He's on the boat with us, too. He was in in town. We got him on the boat last minute. Anyway, fish gets leadered, rods high. I'm, like, really pumped. Like, holy shit, we did it. First cobia, got him to the boat. That cobia wasn't done. So I'm rod high, leaders in hand. That fish books straight down, blows that 11-weight rod up. Oh, man. On video. Into, like, two pieces or into, like, <laughs> Just two pieces? Just two pieces, yeah. but three feet of the rock, yeah. you know? Yeah. And everyone was so pumped, and you could just feel the energy, like, like <laughs> <laughs> just dropped. <laughs> yeah. And I'm super bummed at this point, but I'm like, wait a minute. This fish is still on this thing, and I've got a guide at the end where it broke. Screw this. Like, I'm getting him to the boat again, so I just started pumping on it. No way. Oh, man. Uh, got him back to the boat about 15 minutes later. Leadered the fish again. And stoke levels are high. Everyone's high-fiving already. Woody goes in with the gaff. Yeah. Swings over the top on this fish in front of the leader to go for, like, a deep hook in yep. the, the meat of the head or the neck. Mm-hmm. Clips the leader. No. And the fish, I whooped its ass. You know, it kicked my ass, but that fish was like, done, done. Yep. So it's just kind of like slowly sinking. Like after you pop the leader, it's like, okay. Yeah, it doesn't know what to do. And I'm like, I'm like about to jump in on this thing. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's like, holy shit, I'm free. (laughs) Gone. And I just like crumpled into the gunnels of the boat. Dude. 
And that wasn't a huge boat, but I didn't see Woody for like three hours after that. <laughs> I don't know where he went, if yeah. he was in the bridge or went <laughs> way down into the belly of the, the boat. Didn't want to be seen. I mean, I was, uh, that's probably the closest I've ever been to tears. Over a fish. Over a fish. Yeah. Uh, still thinking about it. It's kind of. Kind of stings, well, but I live it, here now, so I know. I'm do you consider a lot of people it. consider leadering a fish, landing a fish? Do you consider that? I think certain species, you know, sailfish, sailfish. marlin, big large billfish, yeah, um, massive tarpon. If it's a fish, you know, you clearly can't get in the boat. I think leadering it is a caught fish, yeah, um, or a fish that just can't be handled. You know, I caught that alligator gar out here two weeks ago. Um, I had it in the net. I was literally going to pick that thing up, and it decided, I'm done. He took off. So I didn't get an actual <laughs> hero shot of the fish, which I wanted because it was an impressive fish. But I later did. It was in the net. It was on the bank next to me. That's yeah. a landed fish. Yeah. 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 But that cobia, I don't count as a landed fish. Really? No, okay. Just because I have a pretty – I have a rule that I don't eat the first of any species that I catch. Uh-huh. Um, Unless <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> a delicious fish, yeah, like yeah. a cobia or a a, a dorado, right? Um, so you were gonna, you were well, if you were gonna gaff it, you were one hundred percent gonna, yeah, yeah, gonna at that keep point, it. Yeah. yeah. So you had bigger intentions there too, is like oh, oh I was fully prepared it, to eat this yeah. thing, especially after an and you know he kicked my ass, dude. I was yeah. exhausted. Yeah. You're like, so I need a, I need a meal. I was like, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna kill you. But <laughs> it ended very now differently. Are you going to die? I was already got recipes in my head. I'm like, mm, we're going to have them this way. We're going to have them that way. See, this part of you is going to be there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Oh, he's, okay, so what is Pepperidge Farms? I don't know. So. You don't. Okay. That, the no, I know what oh, it is. Okay. But I don't yeah. know. the like. So why the is reference it? is from, uh, from Family Guy. Because it, it, it's Pepperidge Farms remembers. I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Did you know? It's, it's lost on me, but yeah. it's, it's Chris Flurry. So. Yeah, yeah, so it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I, <laughs> He's I, always I, got obscure <laughs> things. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, I'm like it is what? a it's a family guy. It's <laughs> it's a it's a family guy joke. Yeah, less, exactly. less is hard. Yeah. <laughs> less is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Family guy reference. We'll send you the the the, uh, the YouTube video. I okay. guess send it to me too because I feel stupid. You got it. Yeah. No, we got you. <laughs> we got you. Now, now you guys are gonna be sending it. Yeah, every 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 day now for the next week. You guys no, are gonna I'm like, like I'm gonna Pepper send it Farms to Chris Flurry like every day for yeah. the next month. <laughs> yeah, do it. Hey, you remember? You remember this meme? Yeah. Well, now that we've uh, so I've relived the heartbreak. <laughs> of so Onion Creek, West Tennessee. Question. Nice. Any plans to breed mutant fly traps that would be capable of human consumption? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I do have some little fly traps out front, like actual Venus fly traps, different species. Oh, yeah? Uh, under the sign there that I, if I have a little bit of lunch left, I throw in the pot and it attracts flies and I go out there and they're all holding flies. Close it's pretty up. cool. Oh, I, that's cool. I, I, so didn't I bought one for the kid uh, a couple of months ago. It didn't last very long. No, they died so, quickly. Yeah, they died pretty quick. So, But you're saying, hey, outside, throw them some junk. Full sun. Full and sun. So the key with keeping fly traps alive mm-hmm. is you, ha- you can only use reverse osmosis water or completely distilled water. Why? You cannot use tap water because it's, it's got so many heavy minerals, minerals and minerals. Stuff, yeah. That they get their they get all their nutrients from what they kill, from mm-hmm. what they catch and kill. They don't pull it from the from the soil they're in. Yeah. They prefer like a shitty soil, honestly, like a really 
grainy, draining soil that has nothing yeah, in cause it. Yeah, because you have to keep them in, a, like, in their pot in a saucer because they kind of just take the water as they need it, yeah. not like constantly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there you go. And I think I, I was... I realized I didn't take you for a gardener, Chris. I got I got a green thumb, man. Yeah. So uh the murder plan. <laughs> but if I could <laughs> I would definitely grow giant flat traps to feed people to <laughs> feed me Seymour. <laughs> so pretty fly for a white guide. Yep. Asked uh where is your secret triple tail hole? <laughs> uh, and uh, I mean, I, I, we know that you've been catching triple tail. And we were talking about that on the way over. Yeah, we were micro, triple micro tail. triple tail. Yeah, yeah. Micro yeah. Triple tail. yeah. which I've now. That was fun for a minute. It was really cool. I'm infatuated with these little tiny triple tail. That There's one you caught that was the size of like a nickel. This is the size of a little like a cool fifty cent piece. Yeah. Um, using midges or like what? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I literally went digging through boxes in my to garage your to find my old trout box from yeah. that trip we took actually. To New Mexico. Yeah. When I had those little uh I was throwing the you can see it midge, the yep. double dries and I trimmed off the wing of that size twenty six and literally was like just dabbing it in front of his face and he, just to watch that adorable little thing just like <laughs> just like lunge at it. I was like, holy shit, he ate it. Just like, it wasn't a fight. It was right. literally just like lift him out of the water And then my cast hand. him back out. But yeah, I mean, I had I had a lot of fun with those. I got to the point where I was like, you know, I'm catching these fish that have no life experience whatsoever. <laughs> they know nothing. They know. <laughs> it's just like everything you put what in front of them. They just eat anything. And yeah. I'm like, all right. And if they're under four inches, I'm not casting at them now. Yeah. Um, You're teaching them well, though. Yeah. I'm getting, you know, life lessons. Exactly. Yeah. Like this <laughs> life lessons. Life lessons. Bearded weirdo. <laughs> Scoop me out of the water. God? <laughs> Throw inside. Uh, <laughs> You're free. <laughs> but, like, the palm-sized ones, I switched to that little 88-year-old South Bend reel. It's like an ancient little fly reel, and I've got a little three-weight TFO rod. And those palm-sized triple tail on that thing are fun. Really? Yeah. They're, like, ripping well, dude, line like, off that that's thing. That's great, man. I'm, like, every other day, it was, like, pick new pictures of you and triple tail. Oh, dude, great. I've got so many on my phone that... I was like, I got to chill on this. People are going to be like, this is fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> All he does is catch these little perch. Like, Central Texans are like, what the hell is that thing? <laughs> You're going to be on the new uh, micro fishing special for uh, Texas Dude, Parks I've and Wildlife. I've got messages from like micro fishermen across the U.S. Like, oh, what's yeah. the secret, bro? I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you wear your snorkel and wetsuit? <laughs> So I have spent a uh, a lot of time sitting on those docks like a complete nerd watching tiny little fish hunt, and it's just really cool watching those fish eat. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just doing triple tail, weird triple tail shit, you know, <laughs> vertically suspended or complete pancake on top of the water, floating like trash, and then you'll see little minnows come up under them like their structure, and they whip around. They, like, pop their tails and whip around and nab them. It's the coolest thing to watch. It's like a tiny little ecosystem over there. <laughs> That's cool. Like, yeah, to sit and like watch and take it all in. Yeah. Yeah, size 16 parachute Adams wins again. Size <laughs> <laughs> 26. <laughs> 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 but yeah, um 
I will not be giving away the triple tail spot. I feel like it's a pretty special little area, and it's much like a lot of the fish I've caught here in Rockport. They're hiding in plain sight. Yeah, people just don't realize. And I've caught tarpon, snook, all sorts of things here in town. And I get people. I don't post a lot of them, but people find out and they want to know, and I won't tell them. They get pissed. That's <laughs> just how it goes. No, you gotta yeah. keep some things for yourself. Yeah, man. And uh, you know, most people aren't out there at twelve thirty. To two thirty in the morning, observing micro triple tail. Like <laughs> they're everywhere. You just got to get out there when they're yeah. there. Yeah, so. <laughs> you fought for those fish. Yeah, man. man. I earned it. <laughs> Stay off my beach. You know. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame you're stopping it because it would be funny walking in here and seeing your little like wall of mounted micro fishing <laughs> oh, fishes oh, on micro the wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mounts. There is a guy. Uh, I can't remember. I feel like an asshole now. I can't remember his Insta handle, but he does micro wooden replicas of trophy fish, which are like the exact size of the triple tail. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, it's perfect. <laughs> uh, I can't remember his name right now. I'll, I'll totally remember later. But it's so like you catch like a like a tarpon. He'll make like a micro yeah, like version. Yeah, a tiny of micro wooden. But that's really cool. Hand painted and details. T- I mean, it's to really, the teeth of your fish. Really awesome. Yeah, that's that's and really frames, neat. It's like in a shadow box. Yeah. Like, so you don't have to yeah. spend a thousand dollars on your right. seventy yeah. inch tarpon <laughs> or whatever that costs. You're like, I need an actual size replica. Of <laughs> <laughs> I send him all these pictures of little it's triple like, tail. In I my know. Hand. Normally, like, you do like Those a are adorable. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I know. He's, he's like, normally scales like one to three hundred, but yours is like, I need an actual one to one scale. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> what do you charge per inch? <laughs> I need a three incher. <laughs> well, I, I can't remember who posted on the Instagram uh, of. Of uh, I forget who it was that's holding this owl and said, "Hey, you should. This is how you should look when people come into the shop." <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> right. So you should. You that should was have Jay. Jay, oh, Jay. Okay, so yeah. so Jay. So you should have that. Get that triple tail. Uh, carved out and then you know dipped in bronze and then have that <laughs> on a big DMX chain. Ooh. You know, dude, he's dead serious. Like he had. I, he had we had it. lunch the other morning or the other day, and uh, we went to Vallarta. Little cool OG Mexican mm-hmm. restaurant here. And uh, he's like, so if I, like, bought you, like, just a gigantic gold chain, <laughs> would you wear it? And I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, I'd wear that. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I didn't pay for it. He's like, you don't have to wear it all the time, but, like, you should. <laughs> he's like, I, I'll buy one for you and your dog. And you just have to – Y'all have to wear it when you walk the dogs. I have two Pomeranians. So <laughs> <laughs> it'll just be pretty ridiculous. He's like, and then you gotta I think it's already ridiculous that you have two Pomeranians, <laughs> but <laughs> it's so funny walking around my apartment complex. Like little old ladies think it's adorable, but like the old guys are like, You queer. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> but Jay's like, you gotta train a pelican or like an osprey or something. I mean, that it would it. look it would <laughs> yeah. look cool. Yeah, I man. do have an osprey out here that I've you gotta start training. I've gained a relationship. Is with. that it? No, that's no. not him. No, that's no. Well, they're my favorite bird. So yeah, yeah okay. they're cool. I caught a gigantic ladyfish a couple months ago uh-huh. and just treble. It was on a uh, skitter walk on a top water, throwing mm-hmm. a, a spinning rod. Gigantic thing annihilated it. Took those hooks deep. You know, ladyfish probably going to kill them if you hook them deep and that thing died and i threw it in the fish cleaning sink behind me on this pier on my neighbor's pier big deep sink and i keep fishing there's redfish and drum everywhere i catch a couple i turn around and this osprey is just like 
over the sink, like looking at it, like not really comfortable jumping down in the sink to get it. Uh-huh. And I was like, you want that, dude? And I like walked over there and he didn't fly away. He like hopped two feet onto the rail next to me and sat there. And I like pulled the thing out, set it on the dock and he just flopped down there and started eating it right next to me. I like stepped away from him and kept fishing and he hangs out now. Yeah. Um, I, I like, probably shouldn't be telling people, like, oh, he's domesticating wild birds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many of you have hand-fed an osprey? Like, it's pretty no, tight. No. <laughs> so, yeah. He hangs out on my pier now. I'll go snag mullet on the fly and throw it to him. Yeah. And he, like, gets him and flies off with him. It's pretty badass. That's great. I hope one day he can just, like, come hang out and just... <laughs> Sit, sit in your arm. You, need, you need to get chain. one of those uh, falconry, <laughs> yeah, like, falconry gloves. And I'm, be like, I'm extra. I'll have like a custom fly trap one yeah. made, like leather, leather made goods. <laughs> yeah, with a leather stamp like, on it. Uh, yeah. You know, the first trap. time in the shop, you're like, sir, where's, where's the EP fiber? And you hear this bird goes, Rawr! <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh my god, okay, swoops in and yeah. points to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should just get him a stoop real, right up there by the front door. Go <laughs> cool. lay a couple mullet out there for yeah. him. Yeah, he'll, exactly. get the, he'll get the. He'll know what's coming. Yeah, he knows what yeah. knows what to do. See, so, I feel like you would you could name it something like not even something crazy. Just be like, oh yeah, that's that's Pete. <laughs> <laughs> he just comes around from time to time. <laughs> comes around from time to time. Uh, Grant asked, uh, "Tell us about the narwhal." Oh, the narwhal. Man, that was a, a project I was really, really excited about. That was a boat that I got from Ryan Gold. Uh, when Gold got his beaver tail, like most of our old ladies, you can't have two boats. you got to get rid of one. And he didn't really want to deal with having to sell it and go through all the motions of people wanting to try it out and meeting up. You know, there's that, it's just a pain in the ass selling a boat nowadays. And... So I, I got it from him for super cheap, um, started fixing it up, had very high hopes of this boat, knowing it's a very small craft, but it was pretty, it's got sponsons, it's got a tunnel, doesn't have a lot of horsepower, but doesn't need it. I'm not crossing the bay in this thing, I'm fishing the marsh. Um, long story short, I got a lot of time into that thing. It's a rad little boat, um, but it's just not the boat for me. It's, it needs to be repowered. And it's way too tippy. And I can't fish it by myself. So probably going to be selling the narwhal here pretty soon. Mm. Are you are you thinking about a replacement for the narwhal? Or? Yeah. Um, and I'm not a rich man. So I'm probably going to be getting like a, either like an Ancona at the top end of what I can really afford right now. Or building something up like a, a Carolina skiff, like a JV-17. Something with a little bit of cut in the front rather than a normal J-16, which will just beat your fillings out crossing the bay. Mm. But uh, I went out on a buddy, my buddy David. He's got a little J-16 he lets me use here locally, and it's a fun little boat. It's got, you know, I've pulled it. I've caught fish from it. It's a little center console. It's perfect little beginner skiff, and I don't consider myself like a you know, someone very well versed in boats. You know, now that I'm down here and I see a lot more boats, I know a lot more. But I've never been a boat owner. The narwhal was my first, so I'm really, really looking forward to kind of putting something more time and and money into something I know that I can fish out of, rather than the heartache of the narwhal. And it was you said it was too tippy and it was rough crossing the bay. Yeah, well, it's a very it's a flat it's a complete flat bottom. Yeah. Um. So it's 
it's not a very comfy ride. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even though it's only got that little 15 two-stroke on it, it's a very light motor with a lot of torque. And that little thing is a lot of fun to just ride around in. But that's not why I got a micro skiff. I wanted it so I could go push off into areas and fish by myself. And <clears throat> I can't even climb around to get on the platform without feeling like I'm going to roll that thing in deep water. I really? literally have to, like, pull it up on the flat and be able to bump those rails. That was me today on the paddleboard. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little I bit. heard you had a, a a little bit of a struggle on that thing. Oh, dude! I let's I interview you. Swam. How how was uh how was your first time so, on a paddleboard? <laughs> uh, Chris Skinner <laughs> lied. He did lie. He did lie last week <laughs> on our last p- on when we had him on two weeks ago. Man, he had, he had me almost buying a paddleboard. Yeah, he, he was talked like, you I, into buying that. Thing? No, no, I had it all. I already had it. And mind you, <laughs> I got this from from a coworker for, for a extremely cheap. For extremely cheap. So it's like. Really was not even like it was like oh paddleboard okay I'll try that out but you Whatever. had never paddleboarded before I had never paddleboarded but also the cost of entry was so, so low cheap. it's almost like yeah, yeah. You had to do and it. I had done I've owned a Diablo in the past and I could stand up and walk all over that thing Completely no problem monster oh I learned today <laughs> that's not what we were told though <laughs> so when we Chris was on the podcast better. how heavy is Chris yeah I was gonna say uh, I mean the, our he's like a hundred pounds yeah our center of yeah. balance yeah. Are, <laughs> yeah, are a little different yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're everybody in this room right now yeah. it's a different sort of situation yeah. so Chris was like oh yeah well, completely stable you won't have any problems I'm like oh sweet I'm pumped to try this thing out <laughs> I could hear the stoke in your voice yeah. when you came in earlier like, oh man he try was paddle boards it's like oh yeah. shit yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Rude awakening. So we get out there, and I like. I'm drink. seeing like 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 I saw one little tail go by, and I'm out there just fishing along, and all of a sudden I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out there, and like every I had like a, a push pole for it. Yeah. And every time I pushed off, it would, felt like I was going yeah. to tip it over the opposite side. The opposite like, side. Oh. And then I would like counteract it, but it would overcorrect, <laughs> and then it would be this like. Tiptoe back and forth until <laughs> splash. Yeah, it was. I looked over and like he's like neck deep in water. I'm like, this whole it's only like knee deep water, dude. Tied <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> How are you so far down there? I'm in the mud. <laughs> yeah, you know it was all mud. <laughs> and you guys went where I told you to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it pretty muddy out there today? Uh, yeah. There, were, yeah, definitely uh, some spots. Yeah, yeah. sunk in some spots. <laughs> yeah. I told you you'd be on hard pack, and then you'd be like, <laughs> "That's ex- yeah. honestly exactly how <laughs> yeah. I went." Yeah. <laughs> no, but then I I gave it a good effort for probably like I don't know Zach forty five minutes at least because I know I was fishing for forty five minutes, and every couple minutes I hear. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was honestly surprised you went as long as you did. I was, I was like, like, you know, what? I'm gonna give this. I'm like, I was like, maybe I just need to like work on it and practice. So like, I didn't even fish. I was just like, I'm yeah, just gonna no, like, did. I'm just gonna like figure this paddleboard thing out. I get on it and it'd be good for a second, and then like the wind would blow, and I'd be like, oh shit! And <laughs> tip, 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 splash. It was. I'm like, it's like oh. a real slow fall. You're just yeah. like, oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. No, but you'd think that the splashes would get further apart. They actually got closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my first attempt on it was, was the best? longest attempt. Was your best attempt? Yeah. Yeah, how, it got uh, worse from there. How long is it? I mean, how how long in, is it a pretty wide? You have the ten and a half foot. I think it's ten and a half foot. Yeah, yeah, the smallest one they make. Yeah. Yeah. How wide is it? Like thirty inches? Probably. Yeah. 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 And it's a hard it's a hard boat. I've heard uh, that 
inflatables are more stable than the hard boats. It's on a paddle hard, boards. And it's a hard boat. The it's fiberglass. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. He's out there. But I've been told people can do yoga on them. So yeah. I thought it would yeah. be no big Again. deal. I was like, Again, if I can, if someone can do yoga. like athletic women built like Chris Skinner. Yes. But yeah, no, that thing is like super tippy. And and there's ladies out here that in Little Bay that do like handstands and shit on their yeah. I got no clue. How yoga to do on their paddle boards. No. Just like I got on it for a little bit. And I don't. No, Zach. I was, so Zach was like, I want to see if it's really tippy. And I was like, Yeah, I want confirmation. Am I just like? He just crushed it. He just started catching fish. No. <laughs> no. First second, I thought, I'm like, maybe it's just him, you know. Next, I'm like, I'm, look, I'm one-legged. <laughs> just doing okay. handstands. I'm yeah. actually better at yoga being on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no. No, Zach confirmed my... Uh, I'm actually not sure anybody can pedal board. I think it's just a whole lot of people Photoshopping things out there. Well, dude, I mean, I wasn't bullshitting you about that one that I've got here. It's really, really stable. The, I watched uh, Ryan Shopper kick everyone ass, everyone's asses at the harp tournament. Really? On that guy? Well, because it's, it's almost, it's almost well, like a pontoon. Yeah, it's wider, it's, and it's got it's it's those definitely pontoons wider. that kind of keep you there. Yeah. The larger pontoons on the side really help. Oh, I, mean, I that, that The heron, the NRS heron's a really good paddleboard. Yeah. Especially for what we're doing. Uh, I really wish it had like some strakes on the front to keep that nose from kind of blowing. Yeah. But it comes with different um, skegs. Oh, really? So if you're fishing really skinny water, it's got a short one or it's got a Okay, now you one. just threw two words that sounded like made skate, up? skateboarding moves. <laughs> <laughs> For people who don't do that, what are those two? Skegs A skeg is, so everyone knows what a rudder is. Uh-huh. It's a yes. controlled. Uh, skeg. Bo- Skeg. <laughs> <laughs> but Gabe uh, still doesn't know what that is, so we have to go back. Yeah. So whereas a rudder you can control, a skeg is just a just a, okay. stiff, rigid board that so goes a fin that goes straight to down. help you track. Okay. Um, the Diablos have skegs. They don't have rudders. This has interchangeable skegs, just like a surfboard does. But they it's can. They're, you, they're but fins. They're, they're, but you're, they're interchangeable. And on that, can you is it? Can you move it, adjust while you're on there, or just no? Once you're once it's locked in, it's locked yeah. in. It's like a solid plastic. Got piece. it. Unless okay. you're landing, and then you fly off the board. You're you like, oh, this one's not working. I'm gonna okay. change this one out while I'm yeah. in the water. Got it. <laughs> yeah. He also had like three backpacks with him too. So I was like, oh, yeah. well, maybe Landon needs two paddle boards. So one for each. <laughs> one for each. One for each foot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. duct tape them. No. Yeah. Then like giant flippers. Honestly, what would happen is I just do the split, 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 split until I swim. Slower fall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a more painful fall. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one? Skegs and Skegs and some other S weird. Oh, strakes. Strakes. Um, basically the same thing, only the lot smaller, and you would attach them up near the nose of the boat to keep it from got it blowing sideways. It's a it. Both things are meant for tracking purposes. Okay, so just like you have there on the on the, uh, you can kind of see. The outline on one as we're looking at one of the uh, kayaks here in the shop. That front little. Similar, yeah. Yeah, okay, got it. 
The best part <clears> is <throat> that the wife was giving me a hard time. She was like, "Have you ever paddleboarded before? I can't believe you bought a paddleboard. You've never paddleboarded before." I hate when they before. do that. And they're right. And yeah, and they're right. And, and I'm you, like, yeah. I'm like, look, I got this. And I had Chris on the podcast. He said it was easy, and I've had a Diablo, whatever. I'm like, I'll be able to paddleboard. I'm like, I already texted her. And I was like, you were right. I was wrong. Yeah, I hate when wives screenshot of that. It's gonna be like on the wall every time. Yeah, where you have like this just huge like punch of confidence. Like I could do. Oh man, I've done something similar. Chris Skinner said I could. He said it'd be easier. Chris said I could. He looked at me that's body type and all and <laughs> knew what I could do. Yeah. He yeah. knew what I was capable of. Okay? Yeah. I was so stoked for him on his last trip though. Uh Belize. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. dude. He, Chris he crushed it. Killed it. So stoked. Killed for that, it. Dude. He kind of made me mad. Yeah. So um Chris, we fished we fished on the first day. And Chris, like, his thing was like, I got to catch a tarpon. I want to catch a tarpon. I have to catch a tarpon. He caught a big Belize tarpon. Yeah, he did. So I fished with him all day. I pretty much let him fish all day. I was like, dude, I've caught tarpon here before. I just want you to catch a tarpon. We were fishing, like, for the big fish, deep channels, a lot of blind casting. Pretty much let him fish all day. And towards the end of the day, he caught that really nice fish. How big was that fish? I know they don't weigh him or anything, but. It's hard to it's hard to gauge. Sixty in to seventy pounds. That's kind of maybe. around what I was thinking. Yeah, sixty five or something. Yeah, so um, fish. yeah, no, it was real nice and Fun he fish. he had it on. We did a YouTube video. It's not it, to the tarpon purist. That's a that's a juvenile. That's well, a, that's a yeah, that's a baby tarpon. <laughs> yeah, but at least he got in the water to take a picture with it, so he can't you know yeah. can't get too much yeah. hate. <laughs> <laughs> Rip him into the boat like those assholes with that two hundred pound oh, fish. Oh man, yeah. boy, that was a fire that <sighs> didn't get put out for a while online. Yeah. Probably so, shouldn't have. I. <laughs> yeah. So, he caught that tit fish. I was super pumped for him. Well, then on another day, my thing was like, I got to catch a permit. I have to catch a permit. That's my. That's my. That was my thing. You got one too, didn't you? I did get one. Yeah. yeah. So a, a better one. A better one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Screw you, Chris. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, uh, so what I didn't ha- mean better than his. I meant better than that one you caught years ago, right? I never caught one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought yeah, you yeah. caught a smaller one in Belize. No, no, ne- ne- had never caught one. So, congratulations on the th- on the last day. I was uh, fishing, and we roll up to this flat. It was me. I was fishing solo, so just me and the guy. We roll up to this flat. Permit everywhere. As far as the eye can see, I'm like, oh, dude, game on. It's game time. So Chris is fishing with Mike, um, and uh, they roll in to, like, we were fishing around an island, so, like, kind of to the side of the island, not really in our area. But they roll up. Dude dude hops off the boat. All of a sudden, I hear hooping and hollering. Dude caught a permit. And at this point, I'm like, I've made, like, 40 casts at fish, all rejections, and there's permit, like, <laughs> everywhere. And I'm like, dude, how is this dude going to roll up, hop off the boat, make a cast, boom, permit on. We, so like literally hopped out of the boat on pretty foot. much that's what it felt like yeah we were fishing we were fishing on foot so we would park the boat hop out and then go wade fish and chase goes so we could get closer to him and not spook him off the flat maybe and so uh anyway i hear hooping and hollering i'm like oh dude I, so i've dealt with that feeling so many times where you're with you're fishing with your homies and you want to be so stoked for them but in the back of your mind you're just like <laughs> yeah. Well, well, well. Part of part of it is like I've been here for thirty minutes and nothing's happened, and I've made fifty casts, and it's all and like not all of them great casts, but I've made some badass casts like in front of schools of fish and like no takers. Dude rolls up on the same area I'm fishing. First of all, you're still in my spot, hot spotter. <laughs> Get out of here, you pot licker. <laughs> 
<laughs> second of all, uh, dude, like, pretty much hops off the boat, and there's all this screaming and yelling. I'm like, dude, what the, what the hell? So then, uh, anyway, they catch that. I probably fished for, like, another hour and finally catch one. It was a really nice fish, um, but worked my butt off for it. But, but yeah. Chris, Chris, you'll remember that fish for the rest. Oh, I say yeah, this dude, all the yeah. time. You'll remember that fish oh, for the rest 100%. of your life. The ones you got to work for Yeah, yeah. are the ones we always Oh, remember. dude, I worked my butt off for that fish. So, uh, 100% agree, and... Uh, Chris, no, Chris. I hope you know I'm only joking. I love you, man. We love you, bud. Yeah, uh, but uh, anyway, no. Chris slammed for the trip. He had a fantastic trip, and I almost had a grand slam that day. Uh, Wait, what's the the grand slam? Bonefish tarpon permit, all on the same day. Oh, on okay. day three, that more. So I caught that permit like real That's early. In the so, I, but you can add. You can have like the, the snook, super slam. Super, super slam. slam. Yeah. They were saying it was the wrong time of year for snook, like f- super slam in like the winter is you can get into a lot more snook. And then they're on the mainland, so there was like probably an hour and a half boat ride from where we were to get over to the snook. So it's kind of like the the cards really have to fall in your favor um, for the Super Slam. Uh, but for the Grand Slam, I caught the permit, caught a bonefish five minutes later, and it was like game on for the tarpon for pretty much the rest of the day. And I had tons of shots at fish. Great opportunities. I was making really good casts. I was really happy with the performance that I was making like, Cast in front of moving schools of fish, they just wouldn't turn on the fly. And then I got just a hook. being stuck up or the wrong fly. Uh, being stuck up, being stuck up. Did you the end up tides? catching the fish on the same fly that you were getting rejections on? Did I end up catching what? Did you end up catching your permit on the same fly that was getting rejected by Did all the other permits? Did we cycled through? I don't know how many flies. Oh. If I got a good shot in the middle of a school and it was rejection, Off. new fly. Yep. I don't. I can't even tell you how many flies we cycled through, and we were tying flies on while we were running, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> in the water. In the water, because the school would move, and we'd have to like chase it down. Keep going. Yeah. So we. I, I didn't sign up for running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a fisherman. Yeah. 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 I can thought I, if you yeah. swim, he's like, <laughs> he'd be he'd be like faster, 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 and he'd be like, you're being too loud, you're being too loud. I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> make up your mind. How do you run silently? Yeah. How do you want me to be quiet? <laughs> no, no, it was it was fun though, but I didn't get a slam, but I got really close. I uh, ended up um, I had one tarp and eat at the end of the day, but didn't ended up it ended up coming off before it got it to the boat. So, didn't leader it, so. It happens. It happens. It's how how fishing goes. Sounds like y'all had a great trip. I'm really excited. I've never been. never been to Belize. I feel like the only fly shop owner who's never been to Belize. Dude, it's Um, a good time. You got to go, man. I think we're going to partner the shop with Kyle Francis, Farm and Fly. Okay. Um, It just sounds like my kind of style. You know, it's like a fish camp. Do it on your terms. If you want to get up early and go fish in front of the lodge and catch bonefish, cool. Yep. You want to drink all night, sleep in, that's cool too. Like, it's like a DIY thing. Yeah. Oh, that, that'd be nice. Sweet. But like, they set you up for success. But yeah, past that, it's kind of on your own. Yep. Own stuff. You've got uh, got paddle boards, canoes, and kayaks. Oh, I'm not going if there's paddle boards, man. I'm out. There's canoes and kayaks. Or you can spend a little money and get a guide. Yep. Or they will. Uh, take you out to the fishing grounds, like mothership you, okay. Drop you in the fishing grounds. That's cool. Oh, cool. Um, so you can target like permit and other things if you want. Yeah, to you can well. do whatever you want, really. Yeah. Um, but they've, I mean, it's it looks really badass, and there's bonefish and kudas right in front off the beach. Oh, it cool. sounds cost friendly as well. It's really cost friendly. Nice. It was like six days for 
two thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they provide all the food, all the booze. Yep, and you can if you don't want to do like, I want to catch a bonefish, but I'm not like oh I have to catch a bonefish. I'm right. gonna spend all day bonefishing. Like I want to catch one, move along. Um, I want to catch a permit, move along. I really want to go to like the backside of the key and go catch the cool shit in the surf zone, mm-hmm. um, like in the reefs. Like the Larger trigger fish. Triggers. I casted at some trigger fish on this last trip. Dude, it was sweet. We were fishing over a reef. It was badass. Yeah. I, it was cool, man. That's just always intrigued me more. Yeah. You know, like you hook this fish that, A, can bite your fly in half, and then it just wants to do nothing but go back home down into the reef, and you're keeping him. You know, it's yeah. just more of a, it's not just a flat-out haul-ass run across a sand yeah. flat. Yeah, I'm always curious as the to why. The technical why, stuff, I guess, makes me want to do it more. Yeah, yeah. I'm always curious as to why. Like, I mean, bonefish are great, and I'm sure they fight like crazy. But, like, I feel like trigger fish and those other fish don't get the love as much as the other ones do. When, like, I feel like they're really neat fish. Just like them all, fish. I guess. And I've yeah. always loved the, not that they're unloved, but, you know, I'm a carp guy. I like the fish a lot of people don't like mm. and don't get pressured as much, I guess. Where it's, I guess they all get pressured nowadays. But like, I really want to go to Australia and catch tusk fish. I think that would be. I don't, even know, I don't, I don't even know what the tusk Dude, fish tuskies is. are like insane. Imagine like a, a <coughs> smaller bumphead parrot. Mm-hmm. You know the big green parrot fish with yep. a giant hump on its head. Only they've got tusks, interlock, oh. interlocking tusks for teeth. Yeah. Instead, yeah. I think I've seen pictures of those. Yeah, but tusk they're kind of that fish. same greenish blue color yeah. they've got as uh, the parrotfish. Yeah, they've got okay. some really cool fish. I I could see you going milk fishing too. I would love to do that. Yeah. I hear it's uh it's really, really frustrating. You guys yeah. ever see that movie Tusk? No. Real messed up. Okay. <laughs> that's that's the the one with boar the giant boar? No, that's the one with uh Justin Long and like Gary Oldman. Like captures him and like slowly turns him into like a walrus. Oh, okay. What the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm telling you, it's messed up. Oh, I really right. want to watch it because oh, I like man. movies like that. But how have I not heard? Oh, this? maybe I don't know, man. It's oh, oh, and he's a podcaster and he goes there to interview the guy, and then he gets turned into a walrus. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so this sounds like my human centipede-ish. Makes, my it's a little, it's a little. Chloe makes me like watch. These horrible movies, like by myself. <laughs> okay, we'll be like scanning through Netflix. I'm like, yeah. She's like, don't you fucking think about it? <laughs> you dare? So she's like, Add that to the playlist. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Kendall. She's like, so no, don't even let that trailer play. <laughs> yeah. You go to the next <laughs> one. Yeah. Oh. Yep. So, uh, Tusk. Yeah, it's, it's on the list now. Baby. Yeah, it's. So <laughs> <laughs> that one stays with you for a while. <laughs> Thanks. I, I even is just see the gnarly? poster. Like, is it really? It is, and it's just like it's more that thing, especially the way it ends. You just look at you and like, oh man, this is gonna. I'm gonna die with this image now. <laughs> Good deal. <laughs> Lives in your head, rent free. It, dude, it <laughs> does. Like every every time I feel a little bad about myself, I think about that. I'm like, I guess it could be worse. <laughs> it could. <laughs> could be a walrus guy. <laughs> <laughs> I could be a walrus guy. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, Brian Little. Sent yep. you a question. A Sabine tattoo next. He said he's buying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to ride in a Sabine first. Before I okay. Have, I've never been in a Sabine. Um, <coughs> I hear wonderful things. I got a lot of buddies that own them. I've just never been in a Sabine. So you, you're, what you're saying is he needs to take you out for a couple of days. 
Then you'll get the tattoo. <laughs> then you'll consider getting a tattoo. I'll consider it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Evan sent in a question. I'm going to ask uh, the friendlier version. Oh, great. Uh, how do you get to catch a sheepy on the fly? How was that dirty? No, no, no. It's, <laughs> that was the changed version. So no, 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 let's no, just I talk just about sheep's head on the fly. How could you make that question dirty, though? I'm not even going to try right now. <laughs> probably I'm have still, select words. I'm just trying yeah, to wrap my head around the Either towards movie. me or towards the fish, I'd imagine. There were drug references. Oh. oh. Okay. Huh. Okay. I'll let you guys wonder, but that beg still <laughs> begs the question. We all just kind of like traveled off for a second. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Weird. <laughs> uh, so, sheepy, I love them. They're such cool fish. Um spent a lot of time getting rejected as most of us do um drew wilson drooler uh tattoo artist fly fisherman youtuber where's he out of uh arkansas okay <clears throat> i don't remember exactly where he settled uh he just opened his first tattoo his own tattoo shop so mm-hmm. i'm stoked for the dude he'd been living on the road in an airstream with his his lady and their dogs and cat and Drooler spent some time here. I keep saying Drooler. It's his Instagram handle. Drew spent a <laughs> bunch of time here. Um, and I've always wanted to get tattooed by the guy. I always wanted to fish and hang out. Sent messages back and forth throughout the years. But he's uh, predominantly a trout guy out of Al- Arkansas. Catch a fishy dude. Catches tons of fish. Um, well, he was like, man, I want to kind of figure out these sheep's head. And I'm just kind of like, oh, good, good luck, dude. <laughs> They're jerks. And... He calls me up after a day out on this. You know, I kind of told him where I see sheep's head, where I think he could probably catch them. Uh, and he hits me up, and he's like, dude, I've hooked 40 sheep's head today. What? What? And I'm like, wait. You're on that thing? I was like, that, <laughs> sheep's I was like, head or black drum? I was like, that's got to be a typo. I was right. like, 40? Maybe, maybe point four. Question mark? He's like, yeah, maybe 50. I'm like, what? Okay, I'm like, I had people in the shop. I was like, give me a second, y'all. I'm like calling him. Like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, you land, you hooked forty. He's like, yeah, I've landed like twelve. And I'm like, dude, you've landed more in one day than I know people that have tried their entire lives to catch these fish. Uh, except, you know, save for like people in Louisiana. Uh, those those guys seem to catch a ton of sheep's head over there. But he was like, yeah, I'm kind of. I'm thinking I'm going to do a YouTube video about it and explain it. And I was like, well, how are you doing it, man? And he was like, an indicator. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ruin the story. (laughs) I'm just guessing. (laughs) So he's like, like, let me make sure this isn't a fluke and I'll let you know in a couple days. I'm like, no, fuck that, dude. Like I told you where these fish are at. You're not going to like exclude me from this magical sheep's head secret. I'm like, so. You're a trout guy. I'm just like shooting from the hip now. You're a trout dude. What are you doing? Fishing them under an indicator? And he's like, well, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, I didn't like, know that was where the was story like, was going. I was like, no fucking way. Really? I was like, uh, I close in like an hour. I'm going to go ahead and close now. <laughs> I'm going to come meet you out there. And Landon, you know me. I I, I hate nymphing. Nymphing has <laughs> always been the bane of my existence. I Tight lining, nymphing with an indicator. You're a streamer just, guy. I'm a streamer guy. Uh, Upstream, you know, mending. It's just it's not my style. <laughs> not man. what you want to do. Uh, so I show up, and he's like, "Just bring your six foot. I got everything else." And 
show up and he's got all his tippet spools and we're rigging up my six way and I just feel so dirty like <laughs> standing out here on the, the seawall in Rockport Harbor like what the f- am I doing with my life right now <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like well what fly are you using he says that's the funny thing it's not it's not ne- really a fly. I was like, oh, wait, shit. what? <laughs> it's actually a piece of corn. I'm like, are you about to put squid on here or something? Like, what are we doing with our lives, Drew? And he's like, no, they're they're little marabou jigs. So, okay. okay. It's basically a fly. It's yeah. marabou. It still counts. It's, it's not like it was like a rock of <laughs> yeah. meth or something. <laughs> <laughs> kill style. It's like, first, first got to drive down to like a weird yeah. street. we got to go to Flower <laughs> Bluff real quick and pick up a bag. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, that reminds me. Oh, man. Have you guys seen that King of the Hill where Hank buys his fish yeah, base from the drug dealer? Favorite King of the Hill episode ever. Yeah, he gets dude. Them all addicted to crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like jumping out of the water. Yeah. Too. <laughs> like jumping in the boat. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, we're doing that. Um, it's, it's a very specific thing with catching them that style. But again, I, I just, I did it. I caught a ton of fish. I caught probably 15 of them. Uh, Nymphing them along the rocks, <laughs> but you felt dirty. It felt horrible, it felt dude. And I was but like, <laughs> I, it worked. I mean, it does. That, it that's does. A it problem. Does. It works. And it also, like, I'm doing it on like a breakwater wall, so it's not even like a real jetty. It's mm-hmm. like four feet of water with rock rubble, and I can just like see everything. It's. It felt like I was fucking cheating. <laughs> you know? Shoot um, fish in a barrel. So even before I left that day, I was like, I'm gonna take this indicator off and just kind of tight line it so I can feel the strike. And right. And uh, I caught a couple that way, but still, I'm, I'm tight line nymphing <laughs> in the salt water. I got buddies who are sitting at home right now, like, can't believe he's fucking telling people. This. <laughs> um, you go to your grave with that. So, <laughs> yeah. So I made it a mission. I was like, okay, I've caught him dirty. Now I got to catch him legit. Yeah. Um, so it just happened to be the time of year there was sheep's head everywhere out here in Little Bay. Um, they're all over the place on the flats. They were. And right out here in front of the shop, uh, it's like the perfect kind of contours and the bottom they seem to like, kind of that somewhere between muddy and sandy Mm -hmm. um, with a little bit of sparse grass here and there. So I can see them a pretty good ways off the pier out here in front of the shop. Um, So that's what I just started doing, man, was I I really thought it needed to be really small flies. Um, And then I started getting them to follow rather large redfish cracklings um so it's the key for me was just really long casts to them way out in front of the fish or way out past them and keeping them interested once they saw it instead of like a long slow or just just like the retrieve is the key it's just really quick little hops and ticks with no real cadence okay you got to keep them on their toes almost like carp fishing kind of um and that is when they're, like, feeding, when they're in full-on feed mode. Half the time you see them, they're just kind of sitting out there just doing nothing. <laughs> you yeah. know, they're just, like, sitting there staring off into space, like, <laughs> what do I do today? <laughs> um, so I won't put it in front of the fish. What I found was on, t- on a windy day, I whacked that fly behind the fish, like, four feet, and they would turn on a dime and just rush Whatever to that wise. fly. And that happened a couple times on accident. I was like, there's got to be something to this. So I, anytime I saw one just sitting out there on the flat, I would whack the water behind him four to five feet, and every single one of them flips a 180 and just 
rushes to it. Yeah. And then it's keeping them really interested right. with those tiny little ticks and hops. So what are you doing with that Tinkara rod back here? Is that, is <laughs> that, <laughs> <laughs> is that the next step? <laughs> I mean, that took we might triple as well test. just keep getting dirtier. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't claim to be any kind of sheep's head master. These things still piss me off daily. Uh, I look for them all the time. I really think I've just caught so I've, I'm up to 26 now. Um, I've just spent more time focusing on them. Kind of like when I did carp. You know, it was like instead of a general group of flies or looking for fish and, you know, a different fish, I focused on them. So what are, what are those flies looking like again? So are these like little small shrimp type of patterns? You said you were throwing some larger ones just to get a good pop on the water. Yeah, so the I thought they needed to be really small at but first. I was that's throwing, what I've heard like, people say is like small, and I've heard some people catching them on like trout nymphs, yeah. like that small, like copper john. To be honest, I, I feel like much like a lot of the fish, we kind of put them up on this pedestal, and we think that they really need certain things that are going to work because that's what we've built up in our mind, or even things that we have is like confidence flies. I really don't think that's the case. I think it's just something that lands, catches their attention, and they got to be in the right mood. Because I've done it to fit the same shit that's worked on big fish out here. I'll replicate that to a T, and they're gone. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, they just they got to be in that right kind of time. Yeah. Feeding time, I guess. But the flies, man, it's little black crabs, redfish cracks, shrimp. Um... I mean, just any kind of natural little forage, it seems like. Little crustaceans. I'm going to send you some uh, some Euronym flies. You tell me if they work. They I'll try them out, man. <laughs> I still go out there. So the yeah, nymphing thing on the rocks only works on a high wind, choppy yeah. day. Because mm-hmm. I think what's going on there is with that indicator on the surface kind of bobbing up in the chop. Yes, it it's literally gives just that jigging. little marabou jig. And I think what it looks like is it's not a palolo worm, but we've got like br- yeah. bristle worms mm-hmm. or Christmas tree worms, jetty worms. It's what those that little marabou jig looks like yeah. as it's mm-hmm. bouncing. It's up almost like a little, yeah, you get because they don't like movement. pick. They don't pick. I mean, they they smash it, crush that thing, and try and go right back into the rocks yeah. mm-hmm. and. It's a lot of fun because they're, you're fighting them out of the rocks. Right. And, like, my big 300-pound ass running down the rocks and slippery, just like, oh, we're sure, trying to keep them out of the rocks. Like, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But then I'm like, dude, you're nymphing in salt. <laughs> yeah, but then you look but you look at the success on it, and it's hard to. It's really hard it's, to, yeah. to fight it. Yeah, to yeah. be like, yeah. You can't argue with it. I mean, I don't know how many Drew caught while he was here, but it was mm. ridiculous. Like, Ten lifetimes of sheep's head. People just like would die to catch a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I had guys like, "Hey, would you guide me?" I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not guiding you. Nymphing sheep's head <laughs> on the wall in the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> I can't watch, wait. watch this guy's video and go try it. Like, yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. It's bro. gonna be in, like in uh, fly fishing the Southwest or some magazine or something. You know, it's gonna have that little little write up on where to go and how to set it up and what flies to use. Yeah. And, Salt fishermen think they're better than trout bums. <laughs> Dude, are they really? The are they really? <laughs> I was in uh, Louisiana during the Sheepy tournament yeah. one year with I Townsend. Really wanna f- I think I'm going to fish that next year. So the year we were there, uh, and we were staying at the same place a lot of people that fishing the tournament were staying at, so we were getting updates. But we were just red fishing. They were a bunch of people there fishing the Sheepy. 
And I think, like, the sheepy record was, like, three fish. Well, on Saturday of that year, one team came in, like, with a ridiculous number over 20. Yeah. And the, like, second place. right now, but I immediately followed him. I was like, this guy has the key. Yeah. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> He's so, and then, dude, that night, Saturday night, everyone was pissed. Like, oh, I'm not even going to fish tomorrow. There's no way we can catch up. Like, we saw three fish today and didn't even catch one. Like, how are we supposed to, I think, like, half the people there are like, we're just going to go red fishing tomorrow. <laughs> or we're going to try to win the Snoopy Rod, this <laughs> side pot. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing about that was that team that won, I, I can't remember their name right now, but at one point they were like, well, let's just have fun with this. And they just kept crushing <laughs> giant sheep's head. And it was like, well, we got it. I mean, it works. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Nate, Nate and the homies went out there. Uh, I can't remember exactly where they went, but, I mean, Nate was telling me, like, these things are just gobbling up flies. And not small flies. Like, Nate's throwing big sea deuce or mm-hmm. big redfish cracks, and they're just like, I'm like, holy shit, because he caught some really good sheep's head that trip. I mean, they crushed big big everything in Louisiana, but those giant sheepies in that that sweet water, that, you know, kind of murky, I think that's what it is. They're just, they see any movement, and they just kill it. Yeah. Yeah. Crush it in the sky. Chris, what's the, uh, so what's the backstory on the fly shop? Now that you guys have been open for a while, like just kind of walk us through the fly shop history and getting it open and all that. Where did the idea begin? And um, the idea began with my partner and and ex partner um, Eric Sangerhausen and Joe DeRosier. Um, they, I think Eric had kind of had it in his mind for a while, and they kind of kicked it around. And Joe actually brought me in. Uh, Joe knew that during COVID, I got furloughed. Um, for Morvis, and was just kind of guiding and floating along, and they knew that I was from down here. I grew up in Corpus, uh, been coming to Rockport since I was about three years old. So spent a lot of time here. I always said if I ever moved back to Corp, back to the coast, it would never be to Corpus Christi. Um, it would be some some other coastal city, and it just made sense. You know, I got the offer. Talked to my lady and just kind of packed up and rolled out, man. It was, uh, I just felt like it was kind of meant to be, you know, something I always wanted to do. I've, I've been in, you know, the fishing world for a long time now and always knew that I wanted to go deeper into the fly fishing world and this just seemed like the right, the right move, the right chance. Yeah. Uh, so I jumped at it. You know, it was a, again, I, I've, I don't come from money. I've always worked worked for everything I have and it was an opportunity that most people really don't get man you know I got great partners and great investor and I basically earned my way in here through sweat equity and it was just here busting my ass 12 hours a day doing everything I could to get this thing up and running and when did it open <clears throat> uh officially opened it was June no. I can't remember now, man. What year? 2021. 2021, okay. Yeah, because yeah, you guys <coughs> so a year. just celebrated your year. Just yeah. celebrated our year. Party. Yeah. And that was actually pushed back because I ended up getting COVID 12 hours before the giant, no the giant party. No nice. After you'd already planned everything? Dude, it was... Oh, man. It's actually the second time in my life where I've 
planned a, a massive event, <laughs> done everything, and then gotten sick like right before. Oh man! Yeah, and it was it was weird seeing your first video. Like, hey, we're pumped, we're pumped. And, like literally, like an hour later, you're like. Sorry guys, and, 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 <laughs> but but even then, like even even that transition of like you were great, you were great to like nasally, you could tell like it just, just hit. And you're yeah, just like, okay. it was so shitty, and I didn't want to believe it. Yeah. You know, it was uh, a local guide and fantastic human being here, um, Andy Hernandez. He owns Chase and Tails Guide Service. Um, just a great guy. He came in. He's like, dude, you ready for the party? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you sound weird. I was like. I feel kind of weird. He was like, mm, "I got a COVID test in the in the truck. You want to try it?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> He's like, "You probably should. There's one right there." Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he brings it in. He's like, "I got a couple rapids," and he ended up bringing in three of them. Um, and I took one. It's like, you got to wait 15 minutes. And as soon as I touched it, it was like, bam, you got COVID. And I was like, oh, shit. You got that real COVID. I was like, no way. It was like, like a pregnancy like, test. Like, no, we're doing another one. We got three of these. This is a false positive for sure. So I took the other two, and it was like, there's no denying, like, yeah. I've got COVID. And it's such a hard decision to make. You know, it's because everyone's so weird about it. You know, it was you know, do do I have a super spreader event or do I do the the thing I should do and cancel it and reschedule? Yeah. And you know, the little demon on my shoulder was like, <laughs> just send it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just put on a mask. <laughs> put on a mask, stand away. Yeah. <laughs> uh but no, man, I opted to to postpone it and it was it was shitty because there was already so many people here in town for it. Yeah. There's people showing up. The stoke levels were high. And when I found out I had COVID, it was like I slapped a sign on the door um, saying I had COVID and locked the door, and I was just in here, like, upset. Um, And because my ladies are being compromised, you know, all throughout the beginning of COVID, when it was really bad, you know, we're running from this thing. She's staying at home. I'm staying at home. It was just like it sucked. And, like, now here I am. I've got it. And I'm at work. Don't know if I've exposed her. So I'm, like, gearing up to stay here at the shop for, like, six days. Yeah. Taking whore baths in the bathroom, you know. Like, so I don't really know what else to do. And uh, people are showing up to the door, like, all oh, you see, like, happy and stoked. They're, like, go to open the door. Like, what? what? And they're, like, reading the sign. Like, what the f***? <laughs> and there's people showing up with, like, gifts for me and shit. Oh. Like, and I feel I'm just in here like a gorilla at the zoo, like. <laughs> Super sad and moping around like window love, like hey, bro, like. and uh, yeah. reaching in and giving you cookies. <laughs> Someone literally brought me like what a burger, a casserole. <laughs> yeah, no, people were like sticking things in the bed of my truck. Like, I'm gonna put this here for you. <laughs> I'm like, get out of here so I can eat. <laughs> but uh, the the thing that topped it off, um, Daniel Paschal, uh, it's actually up there hanging next to the front door. Emotion was high. I was really sad that day. And he showed up, and he's a, he's a real good guy. Uh, he runs Always Fish 30, does a lot of cool uh, he's got, like, an apparel line now, but he does a lot of cool drawings and vectorized form, um, just cool fishy stuff. 
Uh, he does the uh, Be a Heron stickers. I always, I always say that. I always wear his hat. Um, well, he actually took a picture of that big-ass redfish I caught a couple weeks beforehand out here in front of the shop and did a cartoon rendition of it. And he brought it to me, like, framed. And he walks up to the door, and he's, like, holding it. He, like, sets it down because he can't come in. He sets it on the concrete, and he's, like, does the, like, I love you sign, bro. And, like, I just, like, <laughs> lost it. <laughs> just like, that's, like, the coolest thing anyone's ever done. And I'm just, like, a pathetic, sick loser in here right now. Like, it was just so cool, man. But uh, I felt I felt horrible. But, yeah, I think – we lost some people to the reschedule, but we gained a lot more people that weren't going to be able to come. Now had twenty days of, oh, we can actually go to this thing. So yeah, it was excellent. Um, the party went off without a hitch. Yeah, I mean, we had probably close to two hundred fifty people here throughout the day, and then when I did the raffle at the end of the night, which I will never do that many raffle items ever again. It was like two hours of me yelling at people from the top the second story oh, man, yeah um there's like 120 people down there you know, and to be up above everyone and looking down and addressing everybody and people cheering and shit just let me encore. Dude, it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it was the coolest <laughs> feeling you know and like by the time it was all said and done i'm just like i still have like a pile of hats i've given away all this I'm like two hours into yelling at this crowd i'm just like is there any kids left here? It's like 1030 <laughs> at night. <laughs> and like six kids kind of meander out of the crowd, like below me. I just like dump a bucket of hats and stickers <laughs> on. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm over this. <laughs> and then we just kind of partied the rest of the night away. We left here like 230 in the morning. But Nice. Uh, I, I, I'm really happy with where the trap's at. Um, I think Rockport has a large enough – community of anglers that live here as well as now being like a destination fly area of mm -hmm. the texas coast that it can support a couple a couple fly shops and i really want to work together and build this community mm -hmm. and i think we're, we've got a really good platform here i've got a an army of young kids that are frothing at the mouth for this sport as well as just a ton of old heads and good friends that we all know. yeah we met a kid in here earlier before yeah. we went fishing he was yep. pumped on everything, man. Oh, yeah. Dude, Already tying up and yeah. everything, yeah. I've got, like, there's a couple twins that come in here that, I mean, they're probably 13, you know, and they're tying up badass flies and sticking fish. I'm like, you guys are going to be monsters. And you're like, dude, already. can you sell those to me so I can <laughs> put them in the bin? Dude, I, put I, them I in do. My Texas yeah. fly I really yeah. do buy flies from these kids. Yeah. Um, Aiden Mosley, he's like 16. Dude's crushing out. Badass little merkin flies and cool crabs. Um, Wes Craighead, he's another young guy. He just started college. And I'm like, bro, tie up whatever flies you tie, I'll sell. Like, you need money. <laughs> 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 but I, I just love seeing, like, you know, I just kind of sit back. And these dudes walk in. They're like, hey, Fowler. I'm just like, what's up, boys? And I watch them, like, side-eye their bins where it says their little name. And they're like. Need more flies? I'm like, yeah, like last week. <laughs> <laughs> cool. They come back like two days. Later. They're so stoked. It's like two yeah. days. They have two dozen flies. I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're just excited to be a part of it. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and the community is really strong down here. That's what I love about Rockport, um, especially after Harvey, watching this city kind of come together. Rockport strong. And every all the Texans and 
you know, the Cajun Navy came down and helped yeah. out through everything. And it's just really inspiring to see this community just rally and be so proud to be Rockport, Texas. Yeah. It's awesome. What's been the hardest thing about opening a fly shop? <clears throat> um, I think I had a lot of things built up in my head that would be a lot easier than they would be. Like, know? like what? Uh, like all the ordering. Really? Um, you know, being at Orvis for so long. It it's just, auto ship, Yeah, baby. dude, it just shows it's up. It's like, oh, here's a box. Here. Let me put it's, it out. This, this goes here. Here we you, go. You don't even have to scan it in. It's like, <laughs> holy shit. And now I'm doing it. It's like bumping into a balls in a dark room. Like, yeah. Jesus, there's so much crap to do. Like, <laughs> so I think it's just the day-to-day stuff. I'm getting to the point now where it's, I'm not autopilot, but I don't, I'm not worrying as much because I'm, I'm used to it. But the supplemental ordering. Um, keeping things full was something I didn't think would be as tedious. Like making sure they don't go completely empty yeah. or, or just staying on top of it if they do. Yeah, I mean, the fly tying bin and the fly tying materials are the two monsters of the shop, right? right? So trying to keep that thing, obviously it's impossible to keep it full. Right, the fly ti- the flies. It's just, gonna ha- it's just how it is. Things in every fly tying shop. It's impossible to keep fly bins full. Yeah. Because something will be sold out or... Or one guy who who just happens upon this one fly, crushes it, comes in the next day and buys out every single one you have in that exact fly. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you can't put another order in for whatever. Yeah. Or if you do, it's going to be three weeks before you get it. And at Orvis, you know, we would have back stock of dozens of flies. We're like, oh, shit, those are gone. There's a Now it's yeah. full. 24 back. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think most people know is that, like, even within those bins... There's only maybe a dozen in there. Yeah, it's really not a lot as you think there would be. And then the, the bigger they are, even more so. There's, I think it'd be five or six. Yeah, it looks like it's a ton. And it's only two, three. Yeah. You know, yeah. and materials even more so. You know, it, it, that setting that up and doing that ordering was really hard for me because right. I I have things that I've used for years, so I know what I want on that wall. But what do I do for the guy who wants, you know, I start thinking about specific patterns. I start thinking about. Yeah, what about the guy who wants to tie parachute Adams? Well, <laughs> wrong shot. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, just figuring that out, buying my hook selection. You know, it's right now I'm only carrying gamakatsu, but there's thousands of hooks within that one catalog. And there's not so many in the fly side, but still it's overwhelming. Yeah. And. How many do I buy of each package? Which ones do I go heavy on? Of yeah. what size? Exactly. That's <laughs> uh, Yeah, I bet. And it's probably like a lot of figuring it out as it goes, right? And does it like, is it cyclical? Like, do you find like sometimes the year these things are selling more than others or? I don't really have enough data there yet. Okay. Being yeah, only, be a, a, being year. only a year. Yeah. Um, but n- this will be like my first. We can start through comparing. All seasons, yeah. You know, I'm, now I'm starting to get data from last year through Square. Yeah. So it tells me literally day to day, like this time this, this year, di- la- this day last year, you sold this many of these. So it's hard not to think about that and be like, well, yeah. should I stock that? You know, it's it's just weird. Um, but yeah, so I would say that's the been the hardest thing was keeping everything. It's amidst everyone still using COVID as an excuse. You know, here we are, twenty twenty two. Where, yes, COVID's still around, but you still have companies that are like the same message you've been getting since 2020. Due to COVID-19, we 
we don't have this little thing that you want. Like, what the fuck does that have to do with COVID-19? Like, okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just, yeah, it's frustrations, inflations. <laughs> it's I heard the hats are more expensive. Yeah, hats are ridiculous right now. <laughs> uh, we had a company we use. I'm not going to name drop. I'm not going to bash anybody. But we had a company that Eric, my partner, had been using for a long time. And I guess they switched ownership or were bought out or something happened. Something changed. And the new owners were just like, well, jack it up like six bucks each unit. So here we are with an order that's already on the, like, about to leave. Changes hands, they jacked our invoice up like a thousand bucks. So hats show up, and I'm like, what the? F- I can't even sell these at what I have them marked at. <laughs> like, who the hell buys hats to make a dollar profit on them? You yeah. know, it's, yeah. it's not why we, we sell hats. That's not what <laughs> so what's keeping the lights on, man. Yeah, and that's why I feel like awesome about my hat. I have the, the darker or the, the brownish yellow plaid on mm-hmm. there. And coming in today, and you're like, oh, yeah, they're, those are those are like OG, like, yep. you know, vintage now. I'm like, hell yeah. Dude, I get people all the time, like, from like a post in 20, early 2021, like, do you still have this hat? And I'm like, no, nah, can't get that one. <laughs> COVID, man. Yeah. What about, yeah. <laughs> I mean, COVID-19. COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> that hat is no longer available. <laughs> I'm going to put it on eBay right now for like $300. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you to sign Might it. Might be worth it. We'll get you to sign it, and then we'll put it on. For That's going to decrease the value. <laughs> now, there's one we did that had the American flag mesh. Oh, my God. I've gotten like... Probably close to a hundred messages specifically about that hat, and it's like impossible to get. I don't know what happened. Like Richardson one twelves are both kind of like the most basic bitch of hats out there that everyone uses. Yeah, are all of a sudden the mo- you know th- because of that they're the most popular and the most hard to get. Right. So that's when you start doing like limited runs, like R and T duck calls. Just do like a limited. There's only twelve of these guys. Yeah. This ba- is batch it. of thirty. Batch you know. of thirty. Fifty nine yeah. ninety nine. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, man, I've bought a $50 hat, okay? Like yeah. $300. There is a market for the $50 Dude, hat. Dude, I was seeing there. some, like, Howler Brothers hats on eBay that are, like, 300 bucks. Well, I was showing him, like, the Gaucho shirts. Yeah. You find them on eBay for, like, $250, $300. Used. Yeah. With pit stains. Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. Yep. <sighs> well, yeah. Fly Shop Life was a definite eye-opener. Especially compared to Orvis. Yeah. You know, you're just, on, you're just a little cog in the giant corporate machine at Orvis. Which, don't get me wrong, I had I had a blast, and I had a number of years there that were great. But then it just wasn't great for me, and it was time to go. So Life moves on, man. Here Thanks I am. Did yeah. you go back to the shop uh, during COVID? Back to... Orvis during COVID? No. Okay. Like, you were furloughed, and then you were like... I was furloughed... And then I was uh, requested to come back to work, and I wasn't ready. Yeah. It was amidst, like, one of the giant, sp- like, spikes they were yeah, having. Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, 400 new cases a day in Austin. And I was like. And everyone's arguing about, like, whether you have to wear a mask when you yeah, walk into a dude. building and stuff like and that. And I just really wasn't comfortable putting Chloe at risk yeah. and my lady at yeah. risk for 13. They, well, they also offered me 13 hours a week. Yeah. And it was like. Yeah, why why yeah. do that? Yeah, that's I, it's not worth it yeah. to me. 
And that's when I decided I was just going to full-time guide throughout COVID. Yeah. Well, early on, too, it was like nobody knew. It was terrifying. It's like, if, if, yeah, like Catholic people, you knew who got it went to the hospital, and you're like, I don't know if they're going to come out or what. You yeah. Know, but and I can't visit them because they won't let anybody in yeah, except for Yeah, you. those first few months were, were weird and tough. I think the worst part about it for me was the, I mean, I'm a social butterfly. I love my friends. I love fishing with my friends, mm-hmm. and I couldn't do that, but... The other the the other worst thing to me was the separation of how people felt about COVID nineteen. There was the people that were terrified of this new thing, and there was the people that were like, "Oh, that's bullshit." And I'm like, "What do you mean it's bullshit? Like my friend's parents are dead, mm-hmm. you know, and you're saying it's fake and it's all made up. And it's like this is changing pe- people's lives forever." And you're just gonna continue to say it's completely fake, and it was infuriating to me. And I'm not a, I don't go into politics with people. I don't talk about beliefs with people because I don't think that's how you should judge people. And I found myself judging people by being these ignorant assholes about COVID. And I was like, I'm just separating myself completely. Like I don't want to deal, yeah, with any of yep. them. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like, so it was really rough, man. But I kind of went off there on a second. No, that's fine. What, what's Man, next? <laughs> what's next for the shop? Um, continuing to grow. Um, still got some brands I want to get in here. As you can see, I'm kind of running out of room. Um, you gonna upsize? Go bigger? Move locations? That's the plan. Really? Okay. Um, you have any ideas where? Well, I'm staying here in Rockport. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's really tough. Uh, because I love our location here. If you want to find us, you can come find us, but we're not like out in the middle like, hey, here we are. Um, so it's kind of cool being like, I don't know, it's just in the back of this shopping center along the water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. if you grew up in a small town, what you just said makes sense. Yeah. Right, but, you know, being being from a big town, it's, it's not. this was not a big out of the way to get to this spot. Yeah. Yeah. No. <clears throat> And I, and I love having this, this private <coughs> here. I, I've been crushing fish off that thing. So yeah. moving is going to be really bittersweet. But the facts of my parking lot absolutely sucks. <laughs> or that's the main thing is I can't have people pulling in here with boats. Oh, I People with skiffs cannot pull in here unless they want to be complete assholes and just block in like that, 12 people. Yeah. Um, yeah. The landlord... We talked about opening the pier and having people be able to pull up on their boats, but that is a logistical insurance nightmare. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And 100%. I didn't even think about that at first. I was yeah. like, oh, that'd be badass. We're kicking yeah. it around. And he's like, no. <laughs> like, that's, there's no way we're doing that. And he's like, if we even considered it, I would literally sign – you would have to sign a paper of you assuming all liability for people on that pier. And I was like, oh, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> That's not happening. No. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're planning on moving. And I don't want to give up too inf- much information, but we want to we wanna get a little bit of land and kind of develop it into something more than just a fly shop. Um, Is there a timeline on that? Do you have like a – no, not really. Yeah. Um, just ideas. Just these are ideas that are going to happen, but we we want to time it right. right. The market's really weird right now, and I think if we rush into something, we're going to be kicking ourselves in the ass here in like six months, depending on 
which, which way, way things goes. go. Yeah. Yeah. So it could, it could be like, oh yeah, we found it, but damn, we lost our yeah. asses. We could have yeah. saved two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Right. So it's just one of those things. We don't want to rush it. This is working. We know what we want to to eventually build. Um, but as of now, the the fly trap's doing pretty good, man. So we're we're very thankful. Nice. We've got a, a lot of locals coming in now, and I've got people coming in from everywhere, which is a really cool feeling to have someone walk in from New Jersey. Man, I saw you on Instagram and following you since you opened. Just wanted to shake your hand and buy a hat and sticker and get a couple flies. I mean, it's just a cool feeling. Someone yeah. sends you a picture of your sticker from X Flats Lodge or out in the middle of nowhere. You know, like, dude, I, I literally flew 18 hours here, seven-hour boat ride, and I get up to this little lodge, and the first thing I see is a fly trap sticker. And I'm like, <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> Yeah, That's really cool. <laughs> so yeah. I'm really happy. And I'm really happy with the support I've received from the community. And I've got a ton of friends that have supported me from day one. And I'm gaining the support from people who m- maybe – didn't think it was such a good idea for this shop to open that are now like, we're sorry. And we should have been here from the get go, but we're here now. So it feels good, man. I know I'm doing right things and I've had some really emotional things happen that kind of opened my eyes. Do you want to talk about those at all? Um, if they're appropriate, I mean, they're appropriate. It's just, it's a very touchy subject. Um, a guy that I've, I now consider a really close friend was very, very close to, I'm going to get a little emotional here. Um, he was having a tough, tough go at it and was ready to end it and walked in my shop and picked up a fly rod and He's as happy as he's ever been now. You know, fly fishing gave him meaning to life again. And that's uh, it's powerful shit, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. No, I mean, we we, we see that with, with our real recovery involvement. Yep. You know, it's an amazing thing to see, and to see the growth and to see guys just like that, whether they have XYZ amount of time remaining or they, they've got, you know, trying to get, through that rough spot yep. and they find it and the fact that they had that opportunity with you to find it is amazing it's a beautiful thing man and it was really weird too man it was uh you know our, our backgrounds are so similar we we grew up in the same city we had mutual friends kind of in the punk rock scene growing up in corpus christi which growing up in corpus was a rough town man it's uh it still is a rough town but back then it was even rougher and being Punk rock in Corpus Christi, which is basically um, a Latino town, and just being weirdos. You know, yeah. <laughs> we had to fight a lot growing up. So to know that this guy did the same things, and then this other person—I don't want to drop any names because I really don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's upset cool. Anyone? Because I don't know how much they want to divulge yep. either. Yep. But. For him to be like, this guy to be like, man, you're having a hard time. Go see my buddy Chris at the fly trap. And he was hesitant to walk in here because he'd only ever conventional fished. And his idea of fly fisherman was, man, it's just 
rich white dudes and shit I can never afford. And he said he walked in here and Bad Religion was playing on the turtle box. <laughs> and I just, like, kicked up half asleep on the couch watching TV. Like, what's up, dude? And he was, like, immediately put at ease. And we started talking. And, you know, I didn't rush. I didn't pressure him to buy anything. We just kind of talked through things. And I felt him out. And he ended up, like, a week later buying a really cheap combo, you know. And... And I was straight up with him. I was like, "Man, you're gonna you're gonna outgrow this combo, and you're gonna hate this thing soon." But I don't. I also don't want you to spend a shitload of money, and hate this right off the gate. So, get this, and let's see where it goes. And to see this guy now out on the water, <laughs> like catching fish, he caught a sheep's head. <laughs> like he was nice. so stoked. Yeah. yeah. He watched me catch one off the pier out here, and he was just like, "What the." I didn't even see that fish. Like, <laughs> so to watch him grow as an angler and yeah. see the general stoke on life in his face just makes me so happy. And it, it just shows me that there's a lot more to this than just opening up a fly shop in Rockport, Texas and making a buck and hopefully I can just fish the rest of my days, yeah. which was the plan, right? <laughs> so <laughs> uh, just to know that there's a lot more to it now. Yeah. It has made me really want to do more within this community because I never would have known how bad that guy was suffering when he walked in that door. And I didn't know for months mm -hmm. until he mentioned it to someone just nonchalant when we were standing out yeah. there talking in front of the shop. And he's, he said that, and it was like, holy shit. You just get that immediate lump in the throat. Yeah. <laughs> the one I'm getting right now as we're talking. Um, man, I, I couldn't do anything but just, like, walk over and hug him, you know. Yeah. And I don't ever want that feeling to go away. Yeah. So I'm not going anywhere. Do you know, uh, do you know a lot about the oyster situation? <sighs> I don't know as much as I should. And I feel a bit. And I feel like that's the big conservation issue right now it's in huge. this area. Yeah, it's massive. Um, we talked with Wes about it a bit. Um, Wes is very knowledgeable in it. He's made it a point to uh, get himself involved. <laughs> this is from uh, John Blaha um, of our local CCA chapter. Yeah, Flatsworthy's involved with it. Um, and I feel a bit guilty because I haven't done, you know. This is the second time in two days someone's, like, put me on the spot. Like, what do you know about this? And I'm like, well, it's f***ed up. <laughs> 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 I know that much. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've watched these waters change just in the time that I've been down here, coming down here to work on the shop. Coming down here my entire life to see in this beautiful bay you cross in July. And it's, like, Belize blue. And then the last couple years hasn't cleared and it's just been a mud pit out there and you know we've all seen the videos of the hundreds of oyster boats out here just churning circles grinding reefs to a rubble pile it's heartbreaking man you know and i went to this i went to this meeting the big meeting they had down here on rockport beach yep um where tpwd showed up and it was basically we showed up to kind of talk about the case, give our comments. And then everyone talked about whether you were for or against the closure of the oyster season. Um, that was a really 
it was a really hard meeting to be at. Um, I went in there just like the typical angler. Like, no, this, we're closing it. They got to just lay off the oysters. But something I didn't consider was the families of working oystermen that have been in Rockport, Texas for the last 40 years doing it the right way and not over-harvesting and knowing where they can go and what to do are now going to be pushed out to areas they don't know, which that might not be a huge deal to most, to change their day-to-day and send them on a wild goose chase because because X amount of permits were given and suddenly there's 250 boats in our local bays, waterways. And they're just absolutely destroying everything. It's it's just really hard, man. And that that meeting was tough because, and I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for saying this, but it felt like the rich old white guys against the Mexican oyster fishermen. And I f***ing hated it. You know, they, the meeting wasn't done that well. And I think if it's going to continue like this where we're going to have meetings for both sides to argue their case, it needs to be transparent across the board for everyone, whether they speak English or Spanish. You're not the first person that's told us that. Yeah. The language barrier was a huge issue. It was it was really hard to watch, especially growing up in Corpus Christi. Right. You know, where you know, Spanish hearing Spanish my entire life doesn't doesn't phase me at all, you know, and I don't know, dude. It was a rough a rough, rough I walked out of that meeting thinking completely differently than I thought I would have right about the entire situation and I and I don't get me wrong I still think that our base systems need to be completely shut down to commercial oystering for at least two years right to see how fast they can bounce back from the damage that's been done but again I still feel guilty for not knowing the numbers you know the the everything about oy- I feel like I should already know everything about oyster reefs and I don't I haven't eaten an oyster since before Harvey yeah and that's and I love oysters <laughs> yeah yeah but but that's 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 more than than I feel like I can say because you're here you, yeah. you, you come to work and you see it yeah you know and that I think it's stuff like that that's the difference and um yeah it's a really rough situation, man. I I, f- I hate the fact that there is we're having we're like we're having to choose a side. You know what I mean? And I don't feel like we should even be put in this position. It was again, I'm probably going to get shit for saying this, but it was ignorance from higher-ups that were looking for the quick money in and out of shitload of permits and then being like, "Oh, f- uh, they <laughs> we kind of screwed the pooch on this one, yeah. boys. Kind of made their bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know what the answer is in the long, in the grand scheme of things. But I do know that in the short time, we have to shut it down. Yeah. Or we're never going to recover. If they just, if another season is allowed, what's left out there will be completely destroyed. Yeah. I mean, the fact that an oyster, one single oyster, filters that much water, 50 gallons of water a day or something like that. Yeah. I don't know if that know if that's the exact number, but I it's something ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's a ridiculously number, yeah. high number. I mean, that tells you right there, these are these are the filters of our base systems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
They are. And which makes complete sense as to why it looks like a mud pit out there. You can get rid of it. Yeah. So I'm going to make it a point now to to learn more so that when questions like this are brought up, I don't (laughs) just sound like the ignorant idiot who's just pissed about it. No, but I think you you do bring up a good point just by being there and experiencing it that there are very real families and people on the other side of it. They may not agree, you know, or, but also too, like, they were probably just given those permits, and that's that was their life, you know. And for years and years and years, that's how it went. And now, obviously, like you said, too many have been given out, and they're kind of on this other end of getting this. And so, I think you have to think about that. Like I said, I've brought this up before that um, that uh, girl on Instagram who like go over, and she uh, like works with like the shark fishermen. And she, like, is on their boats learning, like, what they're doing, but she's also trying to, like, help them realize, like, she's obviously against it, but she's also realizing, like, you can't just ban it. You can't just stop it because. It's the way of life. Exactly. Yeah. And you have to take that into consideration. Yeah. Otherwise, like, you're never going to get people on your side because of that. Like, they're, ne- like, they can't live without this. So how are you going to treat well, them? It's like the, the Inuits, you know, they're still allowed to harvest whale. Right. Which. That's a that's a brutal thing to observe. Right. But you can't just walk in and be like, hey, guys, sorry, you, you're not allowed to kill these things anymore. I don't yeah. care what your your life was like before, but now it stops. Yeah. Even though everything of your life is built around this one harvest of this animal for this once a year right. deal. Yeah, yeah, this celebration, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a tough thing to watch, man. And I, I will never stop saying that we shouldn't have been put in this position. Yeah. We shouldn't have to choose sides when we should all be. It should never come down to this. Coming together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. <laughs> got kind of serious there for it a minute, boys. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. What yeah, I didn't sign up for this shit. <laughs> 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 Get all Oprah in this. Yeah. <laughs> Who's getting a car? You get a car. You get a car. Dude, thanks for uh, inviting us down so we could podcast. Yeah, this man, it's a long time coming. You know, I've been s- stoked for you guys since this thing launched, and I know this is like episode 120, maybe. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, dude, you got a lot of catching up to do. Jeez. <laughs> Listen to like fuck. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> 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 no, but I, I love you guys. I love listening to the ones I have listened to, and I, uh, the Ryan Gold episode will always. I mean, he's probably one of my favorite people. Yeah, yeah. And he's just such a straightforward dude who doesn't give a shit what you think. <laughs> yeah, and that's right up my alley. <laughs> so I love it. Keep it up. I appreciate you guys having me and coming down. Yeah, absolutely, man. I wish we could do some fishing. As long as it's not a paddle, uh, paddleboard. Yeah, no, no, yeah, paddle no, paddle no, paddle no paddleboards. No paddle <laughs> Unless That's you want to buy a, I'll give you a <laughs> deep <laughs> discount <laughs> on the <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta can scare the fish towards us. Yeah. Or you might walk out of here with a Diablo, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that door's locked. I don't think we can get out of here. <laughs> we can't leave till you buy it, Zach. Oh, so man. Pony up. I got to contact my wife. Turtle <laughs> box or a kayak. It's the only way out the door. <laughs> Thanks for having hey. me, boys. Yeah. Look in the description below to find links to our website, online store, YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord server, and blog. Please send your podcast questions and inquiries to info at honeyholeangling.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you again next week.